At Target, each item you put in your cart brings more good to life. Like a coffee brand that opens more eyes to black business. Natural laundry detergent that puts a lighter load on the planet. Wheelchair-friendly Halloween costumes that set make-believe in motion. And makeup that celebrates beauty in every shade. Here, the good you want is always within reach. Because at Target, we believe in good we can all afford. This is Hola, my name is the Enrique Santos Podcast. My guest today is a singer, songwriter, and actor. He's the co-founder of one of the most popular music groups of all times, known worldwide, the Backstreet Boys. Tell everyone who you are. Hola, my name is Howie D. De los Backstreet Boys. Eso, <laughs> how you doing, buddy? Thanks for, good seeing you, man. Thanks for coming good on. See you. Buenos dias. Como te trata el, how, how is, how are you, how are you holding up in the, in the lockdown throughout this COVID-19 okay. thing? You know what? Um, I'm here in Florida. Um, so I, you know, I, I have lots of friends who are in other places that, uh, the weather is not the best as, as it is here right now that we're experiencing. I'm able to get out of my house at least to, to get some sunshine, fresh air. Uh, I live up on the river here. Uh, a little north of you, Miami, yes. uh -huh. and uh, so I get a chance to get out in the water a little bit more. So, you know, if if we had to be, you know, for me and my family to be quarantined, um, I'm really in a great place to be able to be with my family and at least have a little bit more options than just staying in the house. There's definitely a lot of our friends up north are like, oh, man, you guys have it easy. Lockdown in yeah, Miami. Really, you guys no. can get out. If you have a pool, you can jump in your pool. I mean, some <laughs> of us are more fortunate than others. But the truth of the matter yeah. is there's a lot of people, uh, you know in a bad situation here through this, this COVID-19, so much unemployment. You know, I was talking about this on my radio show the other day, and I never thought in all of my, my years in broadcasting that part of my show would be, you know, a daily thing now on my show, telling people where they can go get food. That's how desperate people are, how bad the situation wow. is, you know? That is crazy. Yeah, I know it's some of the things that you, that we kind of like, you know, just was everyday life, almost kind of to a point, you know, can admit even took for granted that now you're really realizing, you know, even the small things of how much you're appreciating more. And, you know, it's definitely, a, I think, given us all time to reflect on life. hundred percent. the values and what really means a lot to us nowadays. What do you miss the most? Um, you know what? It's so crazy. I miss traveling. Believe it or not, I love traveling uh, with the group. You know, we've been blessed to have traveled around the world several times on tours. And uh, I'm actually even to a point like, over the years, I love traveling so much. I wanted to create my own travel show because I watch all the time, like on Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings when people are like over here in Europe or over here. And actually, uh, I, over the years, I've, I've created like Howie's Hotspots that I do online, like showing people like, this is my favorite place to go to. Or here in Mexico, this is my favorite place to get some street tacos or whatever. Um, and I have a thing called Howie Eats uh, that I do a lot of uh, just taking pictures all around the world. And so I definitely miss traveling and, and seeing our fans. Your DNA, the DNA World Tour was, you had to hit the pause button because of the whole COVID-19. You're, you're looking forward to starting that back up? Absolutely. Yeah, we were very blessed to at least have gotten through uh, pretty much all of it except for the last show in, in Sao Paulo, uh, Brazil. And uh, we had to postpone that one. <clears throat> and now we're, we just recently had to postpone our New Zealand, Australia route. Uh, that was supposed to happen in May and uh, in June. 
Uh, and the summer right now is still up in the air, but I got a feeling that most likely with the way things are, the climate is, that would probably unfortunately get postponed as well. But we're looking forward to getting back out. Uh, we've rescheduled the dates for uh, New Zealand and uh, Australia next year, like in April. So hopefully things will just be shifted a year back is what I'm kind of thinking. We want to we want to dig a little deeper and get to know Howie D a little better. So, and for those that don't know a little bit of of, of your of your background, right? So, your mom is Puerto Rican. Uh, uh, your dad was was Irish. He, he's he's passed already. May he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I found it interesting that you 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 said that not knowing fluent Spanish, um, and you don't shy away from this, has been a somewhat of an uh, of an obstacle for you, or impeded a little bit of 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 growth in your career. Absolutely. I mean, I think I think as a little kid growing up in Orlando, which at that time was not Orlando that it is right now. It's almost like Puerto Rico three, you know, second to New York. I say it's the uh, capital. I say, I say I I always tell people we joke all the time, and we actually did a prank call on my show, calling uh, people saying as if they wanted to vote so that uh, Orlando becomes a new capital of Puerto Rico, yeah. <laughs> and the reactions were hysterical. But back in the seventies, it was it was really interesting because. We were the only mixed racial family and and on our neighborhood. And at the time, I didn't really even think much about it. Um, you know, it wasn't until because my mother, um, bless her, but she was trying to learn English um, as much as she could when she was coming to the States. And she was trying to make us kids, I guess, as Americanized without any accent or, you know, to go through any of the, I guess, the discriminations that she was having a hard time with. And, um, you know, unfortunately, as a little kid, I didn't really think much about it because none of the kids around me spoke Spanish. The only time I really felt like in a in an awkward situation is when we go to visit family in Puerto Rico and they'd be speaking Spanish and and uh, my dad and I would you know the rest of the kids would be there. My, my dad would half the time thinking they were talking about him in Spanish. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, um, but it wasn't until later on in life that um, I got really you know I started getting into acting and singing and dancing and and I realized that. A lot of the acting roles that they were sending me out for was, you know, it was always like a, a Latin, you know, character or like a drug li- little kid or whatever, you know, or, um, and then I got really close to being in, in a group called Menudo yep. many years ago when I was 14 years old. And these things without knowing Spanish hindered me these opportunities. And so when I got into high school, I started taking uh, high school courses for two years there. Then I went into college mm-hmm. uh, and did Spanish and I went to Berlitz. Uh, like an international school of Spanish. And at that time, it was right at the time I was, I started with the Backstreet Boys at 19. And my next step would have been to go to like Mexico and like submerge my, emerge myself with a family that spoke no English. But unfortunately, unfortunately, at the same time, I got this little opportunity with the group Backstreet Boys and they were patiently waiting enough for me to at least to finish my associate of arts degree in college. But they're like, bro, after this, we got to get going. We can't take you, we don't have time for you to take a whole nother year off. And uh, so unfortunately, my Spanish over the years, kind of digressed. Um, but now, believe it or not, over this this time that we've had off here, I've, I've used an, a fun little app called Duolingo. Yes. That's been helping me practice my Spanish and bringing back some words that I forget about. And, you know, I have a place for my mom in Puerto Rico that I bought many years ago for her because I was just so proud uh, for her to be able to her, have her son be able to give her her own place there in Puerto Rico. And, and so I go there every so often. And it's interesting. Like, I don't speak it grammatically correct, but I, I get I get by. You know, I speak a lot of times in the present tense. Uh, they probably look at me as like, ah, that medio gringo. I don't know, you know. <laughs> but um, but I think they, you know, at least my fans they they see that I try. Yeah. You know, I, I've actually had the guys translate a couple of our songs in Spanish 
Uh, this was back in the days when boys to men were translating into the road and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, if they can do it, we definitely should do it. At sure. least because there's a Latin in the group. And uh, it's, I think it's really, you know, helped us open our Latin market for the, the group. And you actually wrote a song uh, about it, No Hablo Español. Uh, I want to I go back, actually, though, to the audition, though, when you auditioned for a menudo, because you actually got to sing in front of Ricky Martin, right? You were singing. What song were you singing? You remember what that song was, it was? That is correct, actually. Uh, it's funny because I've actually told him this story many years later when we reconnected uh, with both of us having success. Uh, it was uh, the song called Endless Love. And I'll never forget because uh, Edgar Diaz, their manager back in the days, he used to have a house in Orlando area in a place called Bay Hill area. And I guess the boys would come every so often here. And they had a couple of shows at SeaWorld. So after the show, I went and auditioned. And uh, I can't remember what I sang the first time, but the second time I came back and I'm um, on the, the callback. And I, they, the, the, the casting woman said, so what song are you going to sing for us? And I said, I want to sing uh, Endless Love, because at the time it was one of my favorite songs. She's like, oh, my goodness. She's like, wait. She's like, Ricky, they are key. She's like, he, she totally got him to come down. She's like, this is Ricky's favorite song. How nervous? Of I How much more was. nervous could you get? If you, cause oh, you're yeah, nervous when you walk into an audition, right? And then all of a sudden, then, then it's Ricky himself you're auditioning for. Did you yeah. get more nervous? Oh, yeah. I mean, he sat there right in front of me on the couch next to the woman, and I was singing my part. At the time, my voice hadn't changed, so I sang the girl part and the guy part Both. together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But it's funny because I, I reminisced with him many years later about that. He doesn't remember, of course, but I definitely remembered it. And um, But I remember him being at the time, like, I, I was I was doing my, my studies. I always knew about Menudo as a little kid growing up. But um, and I remember when they came to, you know, at the Saturday show, Menudo on ABC, you know, I'd watch that and stuff like that. And um, I always realized like them and the new kids were always groups that I, you know, aspired to be like. Yeah. Um, and Menudo felt like a natural thing, but it wasn't really as natural because of the fact that I didn't know Spanish. And that's what led me to what you were saying a little earlier. Uh, about five years ago, I started making a family record uh, just because I started having kids of my own. And I started seeing, you know, a lot of our fans and the audience were bringing their kids to our concerts. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like the, the music that was out there, I just couldn't connect with my kids uh, with it. I could connect really easy on the, the, the movies out there, like the Toy Stories, the Wreck-It Ralphs, the Minions. It was, it was great family entertainment for the kids and the adults. But the music, I just felt myself like wanting to get on my phone within a matter of minutes and not connecting. So I said, there should be good music out there. You know, Backstreet Boys, we make, you know, good music. Uh, that I feel is wholesome, but you know, be able to have music that you can actually connect with your kids at the same time. And so I made a mission of making a record and, and uh, the writers I wrote with uh, out of New York, a guy named Torheim and Lisa St. Lou, uh, after talking with them and figuring out what we were going to write about, it, was, it felt like a therapy session. They were just <laughs> asking me lots of questions about my life and, and growing up. And I, once we got done with the conversation, I said, well, what do you think we should write about? I didn't really have exactly a plan. I just knew what I wanted to do this. And they're like, you should write about your life. There's a lot of, you know, interesting uh, stories that you, you know, that you dealt with, you know, things that you still deal with nowadays that kids are dealing with everything from being shy to worrying, to being in my older sister's shadow, um, to feeling height challenged. Mm -hmm. I have a song called small time blues. And even this song, I wrote a song called no Habla Español, uh, which was because of the fact as a little kid, I was always, you know, misread by the, my skin tone yeah. and automatically people would look at me and start speaking in Spanish. And I was like, uh, no Habla Español or, you know, and so it was something that I wanted my kids to be able to understand that daddy, you know, it doesn't matter who you are or where you're from, you know, where you've, what you've done in life there, everybody has challenges yep. and it's, to, you know, how we overcome those obstacles. And I feel like there's a big, um, I feel like a big, huge second, third generation here in the States of kids that I've come to meet now that it's because of that song. I said, 
I, you know, it's so crazy. I'm like that generation as well that my parents didn't teach Spanish to, or they didn't teach Chinese to. Yeah. And there's a lot of, I think that generation here in the States that's, that's losing some of that culture that I feel like we need to be able to, to embrace and, and not lose our roots. You're listening to Hola, my name is the Enrique Santos podcast. What's up, everybody? We're comedy troupe Obama's Other Daughters, and we wanted to share one of our favorite moments of our podcast, You Down, presented by Target. Committed to offering and elevating Black-owned brands, including Black-owned beauty brands. It's all part of Target's belief in good we can all afford. Visit Target.com to learn more. Oh, shoot, this is one of my favorite moments. Were there any dates that really left an impression on you? Shakira, what's yours? I want to know. I guess I will go with my worst. This guy was like, uh, I'm so excited to finally go on this date. Uh, he said he was going to take me to his favorite place. Um, he picked me up to take me to go get Froyo. The worst part is like, I was trying to like not eat ice cream. Like I was trying to eat healthy and I hadn't had dinner. And I was, I was like, say, weren't you hungry I then? was hungry. Dinner. <laughs> I was hungry. I was annoyed. And I was like, you going to waste my time like this, sir? That was one of the worst dates I've been on. That was the worst date you went on was a man took you to Froyo when you was hungry? Yes. I'm just saying you live a life of privilege. That that sounds like that sounds like I would take that as my worst date. This is Hola, my name is the Enrique Santos podcast. And and going back to roots. And you know, you come from a family of five siblings. Is this something you always dreamt of? You always wanted to sing, you always wanted to be famous or you always wanted to act or what did what did what did you what did Howie want to do as a little kid? As a little little kid, believe it or not, I wanted to be a doctor. Uh, I realized that my aunt, uh, my mom's sister, uh, she married into uh, a, a family of doctors and I realized there was some money there. So as a little <laughs> kid, my dad was just, he, he, God bless his soul. He was a police officer, worked like two different jobs and worked right. in security. My mom worked at a local cafeteria and I wanted to be, you know, have a little bit of wealth to be able to take care of my family. Where did dad work as a cop? Uh, he was one of the first original police officers for Orlando, Orlando police department. Orlando PD. Over 45 years ago. All right. Yeah. He was a canine officer. Awesome. And, uh, Here's and uh, here's Officer Santos. I'm still a reserve city of Miami police officer. So I used ah, to do, I used to do police work full time before uh, I got into radio. And so ah, now I, I now I do this full time and I do that part time. <laughs> oh, good for you, man. I never knew that. I learned something every day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good for you, man. My my uh, my congrats and my applause to all those, you know, who do service for everybody out there protecting us and watching over us, man. It's it's a it's a job that I know I put my dad and and I'm sure you and. And a lot of people out there and 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 are you know in situations where there there's danger and, and yep. to protect people and also even for their own safety um so i commend you and for all those out there that do that kind of service for us big shout but out like to I all the saying, my 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 we came from a middle class family and so i wanted to i mean my house that i grew up in we didn't even have central heat and air and growing up in florida that's hot it is you probably know you know yes. we had like little wall units so the funny thing is that the first thing I did when I had a little bit of success with Backstreet Boys is I bought central air in my house because I was like, I don't want to sweat my butt anymore growing up in that house. That was but one of the that was one of the first things. But do you remember the first actual thing you got with your, the first paycheck from the Backstreet Boys that you bought? That was it. That, that first was thing the, was the AC. 
Yep. AC throughout my whole house in my in our, in our house. I didn't even buy a car yet. Uh, you know, I was, I was one of those kind of things as a little kid, not a little kid, but when we first started the Backstreet Boys, I was only 19 years old. So when we started traveling 20, 21, I, know I was still living at home. My brother even encouraged me because we were doing real estate on the side. He's like, why don't you take one of these condos that we're building and keep them for yourself? I'm like, why would I do such a thing like that? I got mom cooking for me every day. I come <laughs> home, I got clean sheets. I got, you know, you know, my laundry done for me. I had, uh -huh. you know, the best world. I didn't want to leave home yet. Right. Um, but eventually, like I said, I, I did uh, get my own place. And actually I bought my mom a place in Puerto Rico. And, um, I, you know, I go down to visit every so often and I love my roots. I always feel like, you know, I, I, I always feel like a little bit slightly, um, wishing that I had not slightly, definitely wishing that I had, I had taken the initiative to learn Spanish as a little kid. I think it would have helped me so much more in life. Man, but you really beat yourself up a lot because of that. Yeah. You know what it is? It's, 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 it's one of those kind of things that just as I've gotten older, especially when I travel to South America and I, and the fans, they, they appreciate what I do know, but it's one of those kind of things. It's just like, I'm like, I, I, it's in me. It's, and it's, it's gotten to a yeah. point where actually I've, I've, I've had several attempts of making a couple of Latin records, worked mm -hmm. out, worked with some great producers down in Miami. With Emilio uh, Stefan, you, you got very close to recording, right? That didn't flourish. Cause you got, I, so I hear you get a little scared or you get kind of antsy when it yeah, comes to it. I would get nervous about not that I, not that I couldn't, you know, sing the songs. So I would, you know, even if I didn't know the words, I'd, you know, break it down phonetics, but I would always get nervous about thinking, okay, when I got to go do interviews yeah. and they start speaking to me in Spanish and they go really fast, and I'm not catching it. I just, I never want to miss, you know, represent myself to anybody out there. Yeah. And so, but you know what? I, like, oh, he's a wannabe. Howie, I think people forgive you for that. I, there's nothing to forgive, to be forgiven about. It's just, I think people understand that's the household you grew up in. Your dad was Irish and, and mom was trying to assimilate, like you just explained here in, in, in the States coming from, from Puerto Rico. So there wasn't a lot of Spanish that was spoken in, in, in the house. So it's not really, it's not like, it's not your fault. You know, no, nah, I know. But eventually, <laughs> it's still my bucket list. I'm going to make one of these eventually when he's Latin records, maybe a crooner record or something by the time I finally get to it. Du Duolingo will help you out there. Listen, May is uh, Mental Health Awareness Month and we're in we're in a, uh, in an era. And I think you're you're pretty much an, an open book. And and uh, I want to talk about one of the original Backstreet uh, Boys that, you know, that, of course, it's no no big secret. Aaron has had some have has had some some issues. You know, how, how difficult is that for you to look back and, and see him struggle through that? It's really difficult. I mean, I'm, I'm not even blood related, but I've known him as a little kid. I mean, I met him probably when he was like five years old, him and his, his twin sister. And I've seen Nick struggle through the years of almost a love-hate relationship with his brother. And that's so opposite of what I have with my family, my brother, my brother's my, my right-hand man. He's my, my best friend. And I'm one of five and there's 10 years between me and the next youngest, mm -hmm. and my brother, he's the next youngest and he's 10 years older than me. And he's like my business partner. We do real estate. And, you know, we weren't so close when we were younger because the 10 years felt, you know, much bigger when I was like six years old and he's 16 years old. But later on in life, as I got, you know, older and became a Backstreet Boy, next time he wanted to hang out with me a little bit more, I think because of the girls around, but even more <laughs> so, we, I created an opportunity for him to, you know, to work with us together on a business opportunity. And uh, we've been very blessed to have built several condos and hotels and just a little extra side project that I was really blessed that my brother helped me uh, find uh, another avenue of, of investing my money that I was making with Backstreet Boys in the days. Um, but like I say, so for me, it's, it's been so, I've had such a loving relationship with all my family members that it was kind of hard to be able to, 
hear Nick sometimes connect and then disconnect. And I would always try to tell him, you know, keep the door open. You know, it's, it's family, you know, and, and, and sometimes I wouldn't understand and reasoning why certain things were, you know, where the actions amongst some of them, you know, would happen. But I would always try to encourage him. Um, and this, this last situation here is, I know has been really trying for Nick because um, he loves his brother. I know he loves his brother and I know his brother loves him. And they're going through some family issues that I can't even fathom. Um, and then to be under the microscope like we are nowadays, for all that to come out to the world to hear, it's, it's tough. And my heart goes out to actually him and to Nick. I know you're a man of uh, of strong strong faith. I love the way that you you celebrate that also with, with with your son and 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 watching mass together and you know your Catholic faith faith you're very you're you it's it's a very it's a very big part of your life. Absolutely, yeah. No, I I grew up as a little kid uh, going to church with my mom on Sundays, even when I half fall asleep or or not pay attention a hundred percent. It was just it's a part of my life. And then as I got older and realized that now I have the will to go to church on my own if I want to. Um, and I know a lot of times members of, you know, families will, will go, they'll go there, you know, they won't continue once mm -hmm. again, what I feel is traditions. And um, for me, it's like, I know I've been blessed so much that, you know, I'll go to church even over in Japan or in Germany where I don't speak the language, but I'll still make the effort to go to church and just to be there and just be, you know, a moment of meditation, a moment of just gratefulness for me and the blessings I've been bestowed with, as well as all my other members of my group, my family members, just for good health and peace around the world. I mean, I, I believe that, you know, I, I'm a Christian person. I'm actually even involved in a, in a uh, online site called Faith Only. Um, I mean, Faith Social, I'm sorry, um, which is an online social site where it brings people together of like-mindedness. And, um, for me, it's just, it's a matter of, you know, I always let, I believe to each his own, everybody can believe in whatever they want to, you know, I believe in the, I believe in a higher power. We all, you know, as long as you're able to find that positiveness and that, you know, that energy out there by putting stuff out in the universe and it comes back to you. Let's get back to the group. You guys have just celebrated your 27th year anniversary. Did you ever think when you started in the group that you'd be celebrating a 27th anniversary? Nah, man, I, was only 19 years old. That's always like, you know, uh, more than my life uh, at that time in the group. Um, and it was just, you know, I had always hoped and dreamed of I me. Mean, I was a huge fan of, of the, like the Michael Jackson's, the Madonna's, the uh, Prince, the Lionel Richie's, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, just lots of these, you know, amazing groups out there that um, an artist, that I had, you know, seen them have long careers and aspire to have that. Um, but, you know, being in a group is an interesting, you know, uh, uh, a challenge. And sometimes just like, you know, a band of brothers, we have our moments where we love each other. And we have our moments that we fight with each other. And, you know, sometimes that fighting, you wonder, okay, uh, is this going to tear us apart? Right. And because um, it's, it's happened over history to many groups and many artists have gone their separate ways. And, um, I think it's just, you know, once again, I credit to our, our faith. We're all Christian guys. We all try to, you know, even when we're upset with the other, each other, we do try to treat each other as we want to be treated. Um, I think we've just been blessed with an amazing team around us. Um, and some, you know, and by far the biggest credit is, has to be given to our fans 
I mean, we have some of the best fans around the world that have stuck with us through the highs and the lows at the times when things were on fire and you couldn't turn the radio on without hearing a Backstreet Boy every yeah. two or three songs to the time where you could, you couldn't hear, you know, every 200 song of Backstreet Boy song, you couldn't hear us, you know? So they've been with us through the ups and downs of that wave of, of the artists and, and success. And once again, for us to have success once again and them still be behind us, it's, it's definitely the credit's due to them. But I'm sure you've had to sacrifice a lot for that success. What What's the biggest thing that you personally have had to sacrifice in order to, to you know, attain the status that you have now and, the, and that success? Um, you know, I think probably the biggest thing is, is giving up a little bit of, the, you know, your privacy. I think once you sign on the dotted line to become a, a successful uh, entertainer, um, you know, a lot of times people don't realize what, what comes with that. And, you know, especially nowadays with the internet and online, you know, social stuff. It's almost you know, as if nothing's really, private, right? No, yeah, absolutely. You have to really, you know, be on your toes. I mean, I'm luck. Thank God I've, I've never been a person that's done anything I wouldn't want my mom to be able to see or hear about. Um, so uh, for me, it's, you know, probably the, the, the biggest sacrifice outside of that is, is being away from our families. We do give up time to be away from our families to travel and do our work. And I'm just blessed that I have an amazing wife and, and kids and my mom and brothers and sisters that throughout the years have just realized this was my passion. Um, you know, many years ago, I, this, this dream of mine came about after following my older sister's footsteps. Um, I was, as a little kid, uh, to what you say we were talking about earlier, I didn't ever expect myself to be a singer. It was always my older sister, Pollyanna, who was a singer in the family. And as a little kid, I followed in her footsteps and at the age of six, got into my first musical. And then from there, kind of started doing more and more musicals. And then this, you know, the studios came around, uh, Universal and MGM started getting acting and stuff like that. But like I say, it's, it's, it's one of those kind of things that I didn't know as a little kid, but, you know, you would sacrifice you would make. Um, but like I say, at the age of 19, I got successful with the group. And so that was a little bit hard at first being away from my mom, my brothers and sisters at a young age. Uh, but then you kind of get used to it. And like I say, now, if, if anything, my my me family my kids are the ones that have to sacrifice having daddy but they, right. they realize that they know that daddy's there to be shared with the world and you know daddy has an extended family all around the world you're listening to hola my name is the enrique santos podcast what's it like to drive the volvo xc90 plug-in hybrid the thrill of a 400 horsepower t8 twin engine The joy of impromptu road trips and the serenity of electric power in pure eco mode. Visit a DMV Volvo retailer today to experience the XC90 Recharge Plug-in Hybrid for yourself. Welcome back to Hola. My name is the Enrique Santos podcast. So talking about from, you know, those sacrifices, let's also talk about things that have surprised you. 
What has as a stardom surprise? Anything that you said? I didn't never realize it was going to be that way, or this is totally different than what I thought. Um, you know what? I think probably meeting some of the entertainers that I've met over the years. That as a little kid, you're like, you know, I grew up watching the American Music Awards, the the Grammys, and always put you know the artists there up like on a pedestal and never thought they were like attainable or you know or reachable you know to to be able to talk with to be in the same room with and little by little we i started meeting some of my idols um you know everybody from lionel richie that i had great conversations with she even worked with together um elton john steven tyler sting um just, you know, so many great artists all around the world. Um, Celia Cruz. Man, back so in the days. And, uh, yep. Hello, Celia. And, uh, uh, you know, just Gloria Stefan, you know, and Emilio. And, and um, you know, it's, it's one of those kind of things that you're just like, wow, I'm accepted into this group. Of, like, almost like of an of a, a entertainer elite, almost like, I mean, uh, kind of a, a status. And uh, not only, that, but not only accepted, not only accepted, um, but part of it, you know, you're, you're now. And eventually yeah. to become part of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, the, the, the honor of now hearing people that get a chance to meet me for the first time, those artists that are like, dude, we grew up with your music, whether it's from over in South America, you know, mm -hmm. uh, to here, anywhere around the world. And to now actually be, be in that status where they look up to me to a point is, it's a really like, uh, I don't know, gratifying thing that you're able to, to touch people's lives. And, and even like I say, some of those artists that I mentioned, you know, a lot of times a lot of people just assume that, you know, unfortunately that, you know, a lot of times there's artists can get a little bit of a bad rep. Some of them have that are out there are not always the friendliest. And so sometimes they, they make people think of them as always in that elite status is like untouchable uh, or like too good to be, you know, around other people. All those names of those people I mentioned to you, every single one of them, were just stand up good people. Like, you know, even to this day, I feel like I could call and they would take my call and just be able to talk about just daily life and, and the blessings that we all are blessed with. If you look back on your career now, um, is there a moment that was so special for you that you would like to, to relive? What moment of your career would you like to replay? Wow. There's so many moments, dude. From the first time us getting our our first MTV award in America. Um, even with the craziness of that going from receiving an award and within less than 24 hours, my sister passed away. Um, that was an extreme high and a low. Um, Your sister Caroline, right? She, she was battling uh, lupus. That is correct. Yes, she was battling lupus. And, and the one good thing that really, uh, you know, besides us having that first uh, feeling of acceptance in America, the one good positive thing that came out of that was because of my sister having lupus and her passing away at the time of us being able to have that, that um, reach to media because of our success that we were having, I was really able to, to take something negative and turn it into a positive by really putting my name out there to do whatever I could to help bring the, the name lupus to the map. Because at that time, it was a very, very hush-hush disease. Not, not a lot of people knew about it. And there wasn't many organizations out there now I think it's come leaps and bounds to where it is something that people know about the, the disease lupus. Um, 
And, uh, but I'd say definitely the high of just being that, that, that moment of receiving that award was just such a, uh, an unbelievable high. Um, and then also when we got our, our star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, uh, about four years ago, I believe it was, um, my wife came and surprised me at the last minute. And, uh, cause we had just had our second child and, uh, it was her first time away from home. And, um, she, it was something that I didn't expect her to be there or, or, and I think at the time, I don't know, I, I wasn't realizing the magnitude of what it was. So I didn't really push any of my family members to try to come out and, and support me. I just felt like, okay, it was something how you, you know, go accept the honor and, and, uh, you know, don't, I've never been kind of a person to like to boast or any of that kind of stuff or expect people to, to support in any way like that. But she came out of her way to see me and Man, I cried like a, I bawled like a baby. I'm, like a, I'm not like a major emotional person, but that I bawled. Um, actually, I speaking of crying, once I did, I, we just came back to Orlando. We performed right after we did Fort Lauderdale. We came to Orlando and performed at the Orlando Arena here. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was an emotional moment. I actually gave a speech about being a kid from this local, hotel, local hometown and following your dreams because I'm like a, a true uh, – reason why you can you know the American dream of you know you can dream it and you can do it and I was a kid from a, this local small town here at the time and and had success and being able to come here and perform in front of all my family members and friends that was really heart-wrenching to me must have been, only two times I cried. <laughs> must have been really special all those moments you're talking about now yeah not, not everything is always happy and there's difficult times in everyone's career um but as as an artist also looking back you know, is there any moment of your career that you would delete, that you wouldn't like to relive? You would have liked to have never happened. Um, well, like I say, the time of losing my sister was, even though I was able to take that negative and turn it into a positive, that's something I wish I could always take back. Right. Um, uh, my family to me is everything. Um, uh, there was some stuff that, you know, that happened with us. We, you know, we're very public um, with our fans. We, we don't hide, you know, things um, from our fans. We've been very honest, even to a point of not putting ourselves up there as on the pedestal. We always, you know, people say, oh, you guys are like role models. And I always say, you know, we are not role models. You're teachers, you're doctors. Those are role models. Um, uh, but, you know, there has been the tours that we've had to take down. Um, one tour in particular millennium, I remember we had to take down because AJ was going through some substance abuse issues. Uh, it was really tough. And I remember, you know, wondering like, okay, this is a big one. Do we really let the cat out of the bag on this one? Because at the time, a lot of artists were going through the same things that we were doing, but they were just, you know, kind of camouflage it and say it was something else. And uh, I feel like we were one of the first ones at that time that decided to go to MTV right away until they announced it, uh, right there from all of our fans and it was it was hard because you know i didn't know what was going to come after that um you know we had we had breaks within the group that uh we finally we took a break one time for like about it to the public eye it was three years but for us it was like six months and i went out to california uh not knowing if we were going to get back together or we just needed a break we had just been going mock 10 for over 10 years and we all were losing a little bit of our own self-identities. So we needed that time to find ourselves. And, you know, uh, but that was a scary moment as well. 
knowing that, you know, there may have been a chance that we might not have gotten back to. Um, also, the whole stuff that happened with us with the legal situations um, that we've had with one of our previous managers who's passed away now, Lou Perlman. Um, you know, we had some legal situations there that I wish I, you know, we could have taken back the time in the early years to really have done the proper due diligence that we need as artists to look over the contracts and maybe have not had that situation later on in our career. There's always bumps. But overall, so blessed for so many things. Yeah. There's always bumps in the road, right? But I think that's why so many people respect you guys, uh, your fans and, and the industry, uh, because of, of your transparency and your and, and, and you guys have, from the get-go, like you just explained, have always been uh, honest and, and very open with people and people can identify with you guys because not everything in life is perfect. There's problems in everyone's lives and, you know, the things that worry you, the same things that worry me and, 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 and everyone else. We're human. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll put our pants on the same one leg at a time. Right. Right. Howie, um, what, what are you, what's missing in your life? Is there anything missing in your life that you'd say? Um, you know, I'm so blessed. I have a, a loving, healthy family. Um, I have a, um, unbelievable mother who's still around who prays for me every day. Um, she does her rosary beads. She's like my, my, you know, my just unbelievable guardian angel that's here still with me on this earth. Uh, my dad's my guardian angel up above. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm so blessed. I really can't think of anything I'm missing. I mean, you know, we always joke that it would be nice to maybe put on, I've got so many great, unbelievable words around this house and, and uh, trophies and everything. Uh, but we always joke that one day it would be nice to get a Grammy. I could definitely say that would be nice to to have them on mantle. Uh, but you know what? We're still working at it. Maybe, maybe after 30 years, we'll get like a, a lifetime achievement award or something like that. <laughs> well, well deserved. Howie, I always ask my my guests to leave a question for my next guest without knowing who that person is going to be. Daniel Habif is huge in Mexico and here in the United States. He's a great motivational speaker. And I don't know why he left you such a deep question. Again, he didn't know it was going to be you, but he just left this question out there. Uh, Daniel Habif asked my next guest, again, without knowing who that person is, it happens to be you, Howie D. If, if uh, someone was murdered, someone that you know was murdered, could you forgive that person? ¿Estarías dispuesto a perdonar el asesinato de un familiar? Deep. If some of them I know was murdered, would you be able to? Would you be willing to forgive a person that murdered a family member of yours? The person who killed them. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's a that's a tough one. You know, I I believe you know, being Christian, I always try to forgive. Um, you know, and, I, and you 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 hear so many stories about people uh, on TV and the news, and and someone getting shot or. Or murdered or you know or just unfortunately um taking their lives uh, unnecessarily and it's so hard especially you know knowing that it's you're a loved one or a really close person but i think as like i say once again as being a christian i'd have to try to find it within my my soul and and probably pray a lot to be able to find forgiveness um you know to to be able to carry on with life what question does Howie D leave for my next guest without knowing who that person is? Well, I'll make it much lighter, but um, <laughs> please, <laughs> please. Uh, maybe let's say, uh, what's their favorite Backstreet Boys song? Uh, you know, and I'll, I'll, know I'll add a twist, are. and I'll add a twist to it, and you got to sing it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's even better. 
That's even better. A little self-promotion for my group. Why not? hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, Howie, good talking to you, man. All the best. It's always great to see your, your smile and your great, uh, your, your great energy. And um, oh, I love your shirt, by the way. It didn't go unnoticed. Buenos dias. Ah, thank you. I'm always <laughs> trying to work on my Spanish. No. <laughs> you always do. But give yourself a break, damn it. You do, you do oh, good. You, you represent man. us well. And you know what? It's not, a, it's not about language. It's about culture. Y esa cultura, that culture runs in your blood, brother. And you always represent it well. And we appreciate that. So if I go to howeed.net, what can I find on there? You can pretty much find out anything and everything about me. Everything from what's going on with the group. Um, all my individual solo endeavors, uh, like I say, with this, the this family album I made, I, I did also a, from that family album, I made a, a musical. Um, you can find out all about all my individual projects that I'm doing, uh, including these kind of things like right here, what we're doing, where I'm doing online social interviews and talks with people. And I even have a, a really cool thing that I'm doing this Friday. Um, it's, it's spun off of my Howie Eats. Uh, I'm doing a, a cooking uh, class. I have a, a great chef. He's from uh, one of the, um, um, what's the show called? Uh, chef, um, uh, Top Chef. Okay. Um, but anyways, we partnered up together and um, we're going to give the proceeds to two different organizations. I'm giving it to a, 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 a foundation called CORE, which is Children of Restaurant Employees. And so we're going to do, he's going to teach me how to cook this unbelievable fried chicken that's slash um, uh, Asian slash Mexican. He's going to make also a Michelada. So uh, that's happening this Friday at eight o'clock. So all that, all that type of stuff that I'm doing, uh, outside of even Backstreet Boys, fans can go there and find out any of all, any and all the information. Don't miss how he eats. Um, I'm going to, he, I'm going to massacre his name. Chef Katsuji. Tanabe? Thank you for saying Katsuji that. Katsuji Tanabe. That's, that's much better than I could have said it. Katsuji Tanabe. <laughs> on locationlive.com. That's this Friday with uh with Howie D. Howie eats exclusively on onlocationlive.com. Don't miss it. Howie, talking about food. Last question I got for you. So let's say because of the lockdown, uh we're, we're all eating a lot, a lot eating a lot more than what we should. Um, but if you can only eat one food the rest of your life, what would that food be? one type of food man that is so tough because i really when you say about my culture <laughs> the food the rhythms that's in the sangre i know that for sure and you know my mom especially around christmas time the pasteles the lechon all that stuff arroz con pollo. oh man um but i'd probably have to say if i had to pick something because it has a little bit of everything in it, it is a paella i oh. have a paella the rest of my life, I got a little bit of seafood, chicken, rice in there. I'm good. It's a mixture yeah, of everything that's, always. That's kind of like chini because paella, paella has a little bit of everything. Yeah, full of different seeds. Yeah. Smart. That's a, that's a smart one. That's a smart one. Paella, you get a little bit of everything. <laughs> Howie, right. good talking to you, my friend. Keep healthy. All the best to you. Same to you, my friend. All right. Gracias a ti, mi hermano. Howie D. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, buddy. Hey guys, it is Bobby Bones. I want to tell you about Make It Up As We Go, one of the coolest podcasts coming out this year, brought to you exclusively by Unilever's Noor and Magnum Brands and featuring original music by Scarlett Burke, creator, director, and executive producer, and co-creator Jared Gutstadt. This is an incredible inside look to the behind-the-scenes of Nashville writing rooms and features superb acting by Billy Bob Thornton, myself, and Miranda Lambert. There's a killer soundtrack that you can stream alongside original episodes, which drop every week only on the iHeart Podcast Network in association with Audio Up Media. 